Welcome to another episode of Un-American slash Un-American Premium. Uh, I am Brandon, and I'm joined today by Franklin and Jim. How are you guys doing today? Doing really good. Good. I'm, I'm pretty good. Good. Outside of, you know, this eighth sinus infection of the year. Yeah, you get them a lot. You get them a lot. You just stay yep. over there, man. Just stay <laughs> over there. Um, all right, so we're going to do something a little bit differently today um, for a couple of reasons. One is because I, I thought I got done prepping the conversation I thought we were going to have, and then I realized I was only halfway through it. It's a very uh, big topic. Yeah, so we're going to have uh, a two-parter here coming up in the future, but um, but to save us some time and and, and also to uh, show you, the audience, what you, can, uh, what you can get if you head on over to the Patreon page, um, we're going to present you with another bonus episode. This one's going to be a little bit different than the ones that we have done before. Um, we're going to play a game that we invented about a year ago um, for not this purpose, not to talk about politics. Um, it, in fact, when I think when we call it a game, I don't think you can classify it as it, such. It, we, no, it game was. Game has a winner. Yeah. Right? Well, when we when, when the idea a year ago came to be, there were fake points assigned. I don't know that there are going to be fake points. Very arbitrary. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if there are going to be points assigned at all. What I will tell you is, you can get negative points if you don't read the prompt in the form of "convince me I'm wrong." Colon. Then say like, "I will. <laughs> I will deduct points from you if you don't do that." But basically, we're gonna we're gonna do this uh, this show that we're gonna call "convince me I'm wrong" for now. Um, and uh, and so the idea is going to be that we've got prompts in front of us. We're going to read off the prompt, convince me I'm wrong, etc. Um, and then we will debate the topic. Now, I'm not going to make you guys um, take the actual position. Uh, so if you read off, like, I don't know, the... G- convince me I'm wrong. The GOP hates children. Like I'm not. You don't have to believe that, um, and you don't have to present the argument from that uh, when in debate. We can just read off the prompts, and then we'll just have a debate amongst the three of us, kind of like short form. Um, I'm sure some of these topics will go longer than other ones, um, but we'll just basically go around in a circle um, and kind of have like these little short form debates uh so so yeah that's what we're gonna do today before we do that i do want to say that if uh, you like the show and you want to support what we're doing you can head on over to our patreon page um at patreon.com slash unamerican and you can sign up to be a patreon patriot today um there's a bunch of cool stuff there as well as merch and episodes like this are available there uh, as well and so um and and we do very much appreciate your support of the show. You do. Um, so with that being said, let's get into Convince Me I'm Wrong here. Um, each of us have a packet in front of us. You now know the rules. Of are, they, are they different or are they all the same? No, they're they're very okay. different. Um, I actually wrote up 47 prompts today. So, And, and what I'll tell you two um, is that you don't have to go in like a certain order. If you're skimming through the list that you have in front like of you, you said, just highlight it. Yeah, just just highlight it if it once it's gone, because um, I'm sure we'll we'll do this again in the future. Um, but but and there are some ridiculous ones on here. Like there are some there are some like real topics to discuss, but there's also some ridiculous fun shit on here too. Um, 
which I guess is a perspective thing. We'll see if the ones that I think are funny are the same as the ones you think are funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, um, we'll start with Jim, uh, and then we'll just go around in a circle here. Convince me I'm wrong. If you can refuse a sale to a gay person, you can refuse a sale to an unvaccinated person. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I ha- like I've heard the argument for. Here's the thing, Un- this this prompt comes because unvaccinated people are pissed that they can't go into yeah. certain certain places, right? I would make the argument that that's a fair statement. That if you cannot, if there are reasons that you cannot, it's capitalism, yeah, free market. Right? Now, it, that always pissed me off because a couple of years ago, the gay cake uh, story that happened, the the baker who wouldn't make a uh, wedding for a gay cake or a gay couple. <laughs> I look with for, with <clears> every cake, yeah. every podcast we've we've ever talked about it on. It is because it's the gay cake story. The the cake I mean, doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it has no preference. But it is that is uh, the equivalent. The people that were back then, there were so many people. Where they were like, oh, it's up to them. They can, they're a business. They can uh, make their own rules. That now are pissed that Walmart isn't, you know, instilling a mask mandate. They right. have to be masked to come yeah. in their store. Yeah. Now, I would. What would you say to somebody who makes the argument that, uh, as far as the cake situation goes, that there's religious um, freedoms at play there? Like, do you think that that because like the, un- the that would be different if you're refusing because of religious beliefs? Could you make that argument? You couldn't make that argument for the vaccinated thing. Now, some people try. I know some plenty, people on I the right try. The, like the main argument, like there's other religions that have not necessarily rules against gay people or being gay, but there's like sort of guidelines. But you're also supposed to love everybody. Like it's right. it, like coming from a Christian's perspective, you're supposed to love everybody, right? So regardless, if you don't feel like it's right for these people to be gay and buying a cake for me for their wedding, um, you're still supposed to love them and be nice to them. Right. Isn't it really just a a way to be a dick because you think that you're better than that person? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it it comes down to. It's religious judgment. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, okay, I'm going to ring a bell when we're done with a topic, so I'm going to move on to Frank now. Uh, convince me I'm wrong. Stupid people have more political and economic influence than intellectuals. Uh, yeah, I would. I, it's hard <laughs> I, to argue I, against I, I really can't argue against that one. I don't know. I think it depends on how you define intellectual, because my the thing that pisses me off the most are the bench appears of the world, the people who have a, a, an Ivy League degree, but yet uh, can't... Thomas Massey. Yeah. Don't seem to be able to comprehend a history book when they've read it. Right. Now, I would... Or they so just I don't think refuse. intellectual like necessarily means... like I do agree that stupid people have out, uh, an out, like, outnumber. Outnumber. Even their influence. I don't know if they make up more of us. Like I would bet they make up more of us, you, percentage-wise. But You could definitely say that uh, the intellectually honest people... Are vastly outnumbered. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also. I think it's because the, the the intellectually honest people are the people who are like, I don't know all the answers. I might be wrong. And the idiots are the people who are just charging forward, like, nope, I know exactly. And it's a lot more. It's a lot easier to follow a leader who claims they have right uh, an idea of what to do than the leader is like, I got no fucking clue, guys. Yeah. Well, like the the thing with people who lack like the critical thinking skills to lead themselves, it doesn't matter what kind of 
like whether their leader that they pick is right or not. They just want the most confidence. Right. I would also say, too, uh, just to expand on the Ben Shapiro example, that while Ben Shapiro may be an intellectual in the sense that, like, because he, he is probably, so I would, I would make the argument that a lot of what Ben Shapiro says is to make money, and and he's successful at that, and the way that he does that is by having the, the massive audience that he has, but I still think his massive audience is stronger than him. His massive audience can affect oh, more yeah. than if, he can, because if, if Ben Shapiro convinces a few million people to vote a certain way, that's considerably stronger than, like, they're playing off of each well, other. And if he ever goes the way of Mike Pence and does something they don't agree with, there goes his audience. Right, yeah. Yeah, and there goes his career. Yeah. So like, so yeah, I would, I, I don't know. He I think, has no soul. I think that when you when you look at just like the numbers, that statement almost has to be somewhat true because he, he sold his soul for the job and making money off of spinning things. Yeah, I would, I would uh, not disagree with that. That was a shitty building. Um, <laughs> all right, so. Convince, convince me I'm wrong. The police have no business dealing with traffic law. They really shouldn't. Yeah, I don't think that... Uh, they think it should all be, like, automated like yeah, camera systems? Yeah, like, why not? Like, See, we did camera systems for a while, though, and people, like, got them voted out. Right, I get that. But I do think that, like... If the if the police, I think it's safer for everybody involved. One hundred percent. It's safer for police. It's safer for the indiv- individuals yeah. getting pulled over. Plus, we have so many uh, systems in which that information already exists. Your license plate number, your VIN number. Not only who, that, but like, t- like, s- like, say you get like a red light ticket and you have a bench warrant, then they just mail you both of them instead of having to have a cop like physically arrest you. Yeah. Because it, say you got a bench warrant for murder. Obviously, you're going to try to avoid getting arrested. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know why the people who pull you over can't be even a special squadron of not even police officers, but like meter maids, essentially. That, you don't, that was, you don't, I don't think you yeah. necessarily need a gun to hand out tickets for people not using their blinker. That, that no, was, I get that some I, like there might be a danger where some people maybe have a gun. Right. I, I kind of like, had a, a bad uh, analogy there. Because, like, regardless if the bench warrant gets mailed to them, a cop still has to go arrest them at their residence. Right. Although it makes uh, – it that becomes a lot more – a lot easier to, like, plan out and strategize and, like, show up at somebody's yeah. res- residence. True. With, like, you know what I'm saying? If you have a bench warrant for murder, like, you probably like, should have a SWAT team show say, up at your house. Say it's just, like, a, a routine speeding, like, nothing crazy. Like, it's 12 over or something like that. The cop isn't going to just automatic. Like, I know there's a lot of precincts that now it's standard procedure to, like, run plates and do identification before going up to the suspect. But at the same time, you don't know if it's the same person driving the car. Right. Like, it could be a daughter or another family member. But if you have – we already have street light cams and shit. We just don't – Yeah, we got CCTV and everything that have facial facial recognition. But they can't send out – tickets anymore from that no they? they can't anymore but what i'm saying is like the technology already exists so if you change this to a system where like cops are no longer in they're no longer involved with like traffic violations then if you do have the instance where somebody runs a red light or something and you already have the camera there that's working if you mail someone a ticket that is not driving the car like that should be an easily 
an yeah, easily just, dismissed thing because the photo like, is there like yeah. it's somebody different in the car like it's your your son being an idiot running a red light now give the, him the ticket now not me there's people yelling about how we're suggesting an orwellian type well, I society I think that's the reason why they kind of struck down a uh, camera like sending people tickets based on cameras because you have to be able to like meet your accuser and you can't do that with a, an automated system isn't that why the like that were, is that is why I, I know I have family members who got refunds like yeah. shortly after that that bam was like I know if you I if do you think do an all like photo traffic tickets uh you definitely remove all possible conflict that could happen and I think that, so that's the bigger that makes benefit makes it safer for everybody yeah like I think the benefit there outweighs the 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 fact of the matter is we already live in the Orwellian society where the cameras are there the cameras are yeah. already taking the walk video into a casi- and the, walk into a casino or yeah. a federal building or anywhere <laughs> walk down the street like if you walk down the street on most sidewalks you're on camera so my thought there is just like okay well it already exists and I do get the the argument of you need to have your accuser present but they can be present in court if it has to come like if it has to be a battle or something in most instances here's the thing I back before they uh outlawed that in the local precincts or whatever like I had been sent like I'd gotten tickets in the mail for running a red light and like didn't even necessarily realize that I did it until I, I saw guess, the camera or I like can, the picture. I can probably guess the intersection. Uh, Spencer and Willot. It's, or, it, uh, it was uh, Spencer in uh, Mexico. Yeah. Yep. 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 Right between those gas stations. When you, when you, if you were to turn right, like yielding, like you had to come to a complete stop. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it would give you a running a red light ticket. So, but here's the deal. Like when I got that picture in the mail, I was like, that's fucking me. I'm not going to debate this. I'll yeah. either go to a traffic law center and get it changed. Or How much I was will it? Ju- it, it was like 60 bucks or something like oh, that. That's it, e- I don't know if it, that sucks a little bit. It may not have been that. I'm sure with court. More of the problem was. I had with police officers acting as traffic warden is that they're not stopping crime. They're going out and finding a problem that isn't really a problem. Someone has a taillight out or something. Yeah. And they're using it as an excuse to nickel and dime people to death. Right. To So they can afford fucking, you know, bulletproof vests and shit they don't need. Yeah, I think you could make arguments for why uh, certain – I mean, I don't and know. And also, I'll add on to this. Convince me I'm wrong. Cops should not have a quota if they do. There should never be, like – Yeah, I'll give you that. There should never be a thing of, like, you're not arresting enough people it, for this. I don't think there are. I think that's mostly a myth. I don't know if it went national. Or if it's just the state of Missouri, but only, like, they, they put a cap on that. Like, you can only have X amount of your yearly budget be from traffic tickets. Because St. Anne used to make a killing over by right. the, <laughs> by and, the Oh, yeah. And it encourages, <laughs> because, like, and that's why, like, uh, how many dirty, what was the dirty cop who got quoted as saying, like, was it a body cam footage when they pulled someone over and they were essentially like, we'll find something. Yeah. We'll find an oh, yeah. excuse of yeah. why we pulled them over. Right. Because no one is 100%... Like, they went over the line. I, are you really going to debate that? You're going to go to court with a cop and a judge did, yeah. and debate see? like, I didn't? They're going to think you're lying. Everyone says they didn't. Right. Did Which you see gives the cops other one? carte blanche to harass people. Yep. Did you see the other one where the the partner's body cam caught the one officer planting drugs in the back of somebody's oh, car? Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen a couple of those. Yeah. You know, someone, yeah. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. I just saw one the other day where the cop decided what if they were going to arrest this woman based on a fucking coin flip app. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, it's fucking I will bullshit. quote the great American poet laureate Ice Cube when I say, fuck duh police. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't know if he's a poet. He should be, but I might be giving him some extra credit. On that, we will uh, switch back. Oh, my turn. 
This is going to be interesting. Convince me I'm wrong. Most people love tribalism, even if they say they don't. Yeah, I think it's built into us, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah, I th- well, the only reason we got here is because we were really good, our ancestors, at teaming up with other people. And, like, not killing eno- each other enough that we can take down a bigger animal and eat. I hate the, uh, like, because I think I'm even, I I wrote that from a personal perspective. Because, like, I will tell you all day that I hate tribalism. Because, like, there are parts of me that do. But I also lump the GOP together as one thing. Well, and it's it's so much easier, like, even just in a friends group at a party over at a house, it's a lot easier for everybody to get along if everybody just kind of either doesn't bring this stuff up. Yeah. Or... Everybody has the same views. Yeah. Or any job or that I've clicks. ever had, there's the people who form cliques. Like, every job I've ever had is click heavy. They're like the younger oh, yeah. people who have similar interests will break off. The older yeah. people who golf will be together, you know. Right. Everyone uh, finds their own tribe. I, I consciously put an effort into not being tribalistic. And I think it's definitely better for the country as a whole if we're not. I think you're the you're the best example of somebody that is the least tribalistic that, that I can think Man, of in my life. But in my head, there's people that I just absolutely can't stand. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll I'll power through it if I have to. There are there are, there have been some interesting like text ex- text exchanges between the three of us where like. You're being pretty middle road, and I'm being like, I feel like a dick, but I'm not wrong for being this pissed. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm the, uh, the the walking people off the edge guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but I do think that there is something to that. I think that, to Frank's point, that like it is built into us to an extent where like it's unavoidable. Like there are certain things where you group people together and like i do think that there's a i think when you start doing that like what makes to me what makes like far right-wing people worse than my version of tribalism is my ver- like there's involves, there's so much hate over there well and there there's involves the color of somebody's skin like yeah if i'm if the in the i am i definitely play tribal like i have a tribalistic quality in me but like I like to think, at least, that it's it's not based on, like, these... Stu- when I'm... The tribe that I don't like is the tribe that hate people over, like, skin tone or sexual preference or yep. uh, poverty level or, like, whatever. If, like, that, if your political v- views are not lockstep with theirs... Right, you, yeah. yeah. Um, I just think, like... Yes, does that make me bad for ha- for not liking Repub- or for judging Republicans based on the affiliation they're willing to put on themselves? Yes, to an extent it does. But it also is it's I don't feel like it's comparable to somebody You're also who, somewhat willing to make uh compromises. Yeah, if, concessions. If yeah. If there's a middle ground to be had, you're going to try. I will try. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. Uh Frank, we'll move to you. Um, convince me I'm wrong. Politicians should not be able to run unopposed. Which sounds like a good idea in theory, but I don't know how you'd practice that unless you like put a gun to someone's head and be like, you're going to run, goddammit. Here's the thing. I think that there are people that are willing to run in every district every time. They don't have the funding to, to be able to. So, like, maybe... Uh, maybe it's kind of the same thing as, uh, if you don't have an attorney, we'll appoint you one. Like, I... Now... 
I can also that's going to lead to a lot of crazy. If you're going out there and being like, "Who wants to run? We'll fund it." You're going to get a lot of crackpots coming out of the woodwork, being yeah, like, yeah. "You're going to give me money to, for my message." Yeah. Ooh. And if you go, you're going to hear about the devils in my head now. Well, and if you go the other way and you have like local government appoint them, then they're just going to appoint. I think people who be, believe the shit. Yeah. That really, honestly, if we have a position that is so. Um, undesirable that only one person runs. Do we really need that position? Can we not fold it in with something else or make it a committee that decides it, it or something? Or, ma- like, or maybe it de- restructure the districts to where they make sense instead right. of gerrymandering. See, right. <laughs> so you keep you, that. You, you redistrict until you get a big enough district that you know you're going to have competition. Yeah. Uh, that that is like just a sign to me that like you probably live in an area where there's not much people or no one pays attention to right. local politics. Yeah. Uh, I would say that that's probably the best way to attack it. Is yeah. just because you can't. No, no. People have to have representation. So, like, you can't just nix it. Like, you can't nix a congressional district. But if you, if you make, if you widen it and join it with another, that can actually be a really good uh, metric for when you need to incorporate another district. Looking at, like, look, you just don't have enough people running in your, you know, for politics. Make make them big, neat squares with the exact number of people in them, or at least close. Yeah. Now, not no offense to Dan Crenshaw, he's somewhat reasonable. At least he tries to be, I think, of a Republican. But, man, his district looks ridiculous. I, Have you seen a, a map of his district? No, but I disagree with your first point. <laughs> I do not feel like he is a reasonable Republican at all. Um, I don't think he's as batshit crazy as a fucking Matt Gates, but, like, he's working on it. Like, <laughs> Is Dan Crenshaw the one with an eye patch? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm thinking of the right guy. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, one, I'm not a fan either. The one that I say horrible shit about all the time. But, <laughs> if, but have you seen his district? Like, for real? Oh, the, no. way, it's, the way it's shaped? It, it looks like somebody with Parkinson's got on an etch a sketch and just went ham. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's kind of how our county looks. Yeah, it, I know. You know, well, any anything around major cities tend to look like that. You go out into the country and it's grid squares. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think that is? Because, well, duh. Yeah, because they're trying to like, ah, oh, these neighborhoods are uh, people of color, so let's just squiggle them out. It's like, yeah, yeah. That's that's fucking ridiculous. Um. Okay. Healthcare is a right. Oh, damn it. Negative point on myself. <laughs> Shit. Convince you me. You didn't say Simon says. <laughs> Convince me I'm wrong. Healthcare is a right, not a privilege. I, I you know, I, I can't really argue against it. But at the same time, I don't think that something like Canada's healthcare system is the answer. Like, I feel like it has to be somewhere between what they have and what we have. Like, there needs to be... If we're going to maintain for-profit healthcare, there has to be some serious regulation on what you can and can't charge for certain things. Because like, I'm not exactly positive, like, who to blame on that. I don't know if it's uh, medical equipment sales, like the company that makes that stuff, or if it's pharmaceuticals. Or if it's the insurance companies, or if it's the uh, the healthcare administration conglomerates, I think all of them have a certain piece of the pie to blame there. But the, as is, th- this isn't this isn't great. Like people getting no. charged astronomical amounts of money for life saving. 
procedures. Well, and people not being able to even like if you're under uh the like this in, in the system that we deal with now, if you don't make a certain amount of money, you cannot afford health care. And, oh, and that's post Obamacare. E- even under the Affordable Care Act. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Which is the worst named act of all time. Yeah, because it's still like yeah, two hundred dollars a month for the cheap one. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, dude, if you're talking to somebody who's making twenty four thousand dollars a year they are like there's no extra two hundred dollars a month especially when you're talking about if you're talking to somebody with who's making twenty four thousand dollars a year they are living a lifestyle where they have to prioritize what I mean, they're fucking spending their 10, money on ten percent of their income right if you're asking for two to three hundred dollars a month for me to potentially get sick Sometime. Well, it's not even just like it, that much to get insurance. You're also going to pay like, okay, you have insurance. Now you got to pay to go to the doctor's office. Now you got you to pay for medication. Yeah. You got to make a deductible. Yeah. It's not just like I pay that money a month and I'm golden and they yeah, take care exactly. of everything. Yeah. That is just that, get you that, in the door to get fucked more. That, that yeah. cheap one is a high deductible too, usually. Oh, yeah. Horribly. Right. Like, like I have the cheap plan through my work and my deductible is. The deductible is so expensive that there's no like, point in getting the cheap insurance. Right. I would ha- you're I think not going to be able to afford it anyway. I think I would have to take an ambulance to the hospital 10 times to meet my deductible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've had Obamacare for how long? When did it pass? Uh, 10? 2010, I think. Somewhere around there. So yeah. over a decade. Not once have I been able to afford it in no. the fucking decade it's been going. Nope. Not like, And I'm sure, I'm not going to say Obamacare hasn't helped people. But yeah, it, it has. It has. And it has not helped nearly enough people. We're still no. in a very shitty position yeah. that we're getting like taken advantage of by every big money corporation and pharmaceutical well, company. Well, yeah, because the insurance companies just adjusted fire. Right. So let me add to this then. Convince me I'm wrong. We, we need a public option. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we need the government to offer... A, a form of insurance that either hey, that either I, allows more uh, people under the the poverty line to be able to afford it, or which they kind of play hand in hand. By having that public option, it pushes it competes with the private sector well, and pushes forces uh, premiums down. The offering a, a public uh, option also would have the added benefit that, like the government is already paying for uninsured people. Because when they get really sick, which is going to happen because they don't go to the doctor to get things taken care of, so they only go when it becomes life-threatening or an issue that they're in pain. The, when they you can't pay, to, you would have to who have... takes that? Like The government is eventually going to have to pick up that debt. Why don't right. they just pay up front? You're going to prevent people from getting more sick, which is going to prevent you from spending more money yeah. later on. Yeah, You'd have to have like specific network of doctors for that. Otherwise, they would just do the same thing they do now and refuse patients. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's the same problem with you like trying to find a psychiatrist is that most of them refuse patients don't accept that health insurance anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. You also have to have some kind of like government incentive yeah. for doctors to – I mean, honestly, you just need the government to fucking compete yeah. like, in any way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that that's uh, incorrect sentiment. Jim. This goes with uh, one of the recent ones we just had. Convince me I'm wrong. Gerrymandering is racist. Uh, that's why it was invented. Yeah, I <laughs> think it sure. was. It, it, wasn't it? Yeah, like, wasn't I think it was Jim I don't know if Jim it was. A, I don't know if it was originally a racist thing. They just wanted like it was uh, done for the purpose of getting their political party more votes. Yeah, their but political it, party just happened to be the political party of racist at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But as it stands, it is absolutely racist. I think gerrymandering is is 
a root cause of the issue of why we can have two presidents in a 20-year span who lost the popular vote but still won the election. I don't, I right? don't know how it goes for other states, but I know, like, Missouri, it's uh, – well, prior to this past election, it was in our hands. It was under a third-party nonpartisan group, and then our stupid selves here in Missouri voted it back to the powers that be. Yeah, fun – Fun stuff. So, so now it's it's who whatever party is in charge, the majority party is in control of gerrymandering, yeah. which in Missouri looks like it's going to be forever Republican. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no shit. A big part of the problem, not just it, like not if you go past the even the gerrymandering topic, the the electoral college is a stupid thing that doesn't that has no place in in politics anymore, and because. Yeah gerrymandering helps a state become a certain color and then that affects the well, like, like so the bigger picture of the electoral college like the the biggest argument against the elector like getting rid of the electoral college is that somebody in texas says they don't want to live like people of california it's like okay don't you're not going to you're, like yeah. on, a, on a real note your local government it's, and your state government doesn't change like no. you you still have your state government like governing you and then there's the federal level, which you're probably not even going to be affected by. The Electoral College, if you look at it, it makes farmers' vote more important than the city vote. And that, to me, shouts fucking racism. Like, it does. Like, you're taking the population hubs and you're making their vote worth less than the fucking the middle of the country. And, like, that... To, like I, I don't know. I can't prove it right now because I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna walk through the steps and and Google all the shit well, and try to find it. But it seems like an obvious like gerrymandering is a lot like the electoral college and the fact that like there's nothing inherently wrong with the idea behind them of the represent people should be represented by people that re- that that represent them literally people who live by right. them who like who yeah. live in the same area have the same problems but like just like the electoral college which hasn't been updated in a hundred years it, right. is, it no longer serves that purpose of a- accurately representing the people that are live in its area right gerrymandering well, like if there was some consensus there was a bipartisan group that had to decide every county's border like i would be okay with that if there was a if there was some kind of oversight to it and it's not just whoever happens to be in power in a certain state gets to decide that right yeah well, like, the the big ridiculous thing going back to Dan Crenshaw's district, like, for comparison, would be, like, you know, saying that, the like, he has, he would have to represent the people, like, most of the people of St. Charles and then also Wentzville, like, some certain areas of Wentzville. Like, that's how ridiculous looking his district is. It curls all the way out. Yeah. Far away where the culture's not the same. People don't think the same. Yeah. But the person across the street is in a completely different gerrymandering district than you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's silly, silly shit. I think we should just grid the entire United States yeah. up and down lines, left and right, and that's fucking it. We all live in boxes from now on. We take yeah. the Utah approach. <laughs> Little boxes on the hillside. Is Utah a box or is that Montana? One of them's a box. I don't know. Like Utah has Utah a little and cut, Colorado's cut out a box. Of there. Yeah. The country has boxes, so Kansas is a box. Yeah, let's make more boxes. We should. Just let's have more boxes. Fuck the rivers. Who cares about how the rivers lay? Let's just like build a bridge. Yeah, no shit. All right. I'm going to piggyback off your last one, Brandon, about the public uh, the public option with health care. Convince me I'm wrong. The government should compete with businesses to force wages up. 
yeah, I believe. That we, we, I guess basic universal income is what we're talking about. Basically, yeah. Um, I I believe that I didn't at one time, not that long ago, um, because I bought into the Republican economic idea that that. Uh, that is bad for business and ultimately creates more hurt in the economy. But I don't believe that anymore um, because I think that if the pandemic has taught us anything, uh, it's that the people who are essential in this country who basically run the, the who are the cogs of the machine get fucked the most and are not taking care of the most. They don't have insurance. They're not making livable wages. Um, and you can't force companies to do that unless there is another alternative to make them do that you're right there isn't there is something to that argument that republicans have made about the unemployment benefits that if you pay people enough money they won't want to come back to work but the but i take issue with the way that they spin it because there's a reason i don't believe that the majority of this population would rather sit on their ass than go do anything but right. you have to fucking make it worth it. And if you're working at a company for five or six or seven or eight years and you haven't been promoted and you haven't gotten a raise and you've been told that, like, there are no more raises or there or you've topped out, you've made the most money that you can. And then and there's no room for advancement there or you're turned down for advancement or whatever. This company doesn't give a shit about you. They are they only care about their bottom line and I get that. But I also have said multiple times to you guys and probably on the show that uh that when you get into business, you have to present a business model to the bank who initially loans you the money to start the business. And uh, parts of the parts of that business model are being able to buy inventory, being able to keep the lights on, have like paying the rent paying the workers an advertisement. And if you can't do any of the, like any one of those things, then you have a shitty business model. So there can't be this excuse that the it takes time for uh, businesses to become super successful and then after that shit happens it'll trickle down to the fucking employees the workforce there uh, I don't, let's it, go that, ask Walmart that how hasn't, much, they're still waiting on yeah, their trickle down that hasn't ever proven to be true and again I will say like the government can afford to compete with businesses because they already spent a shit ton of money subsidizing Walmart employees by giving them Medicaid and fucking uh, food stamps because and they don't pay their employees enough, despite the fact that they are one, you know, one of the richest families in America. And subsidizing billionaires like Bezos and the Waltons so that they can expand their business. Yeah. Didn't didn't Amazon move to fifteen an hour? Uh, Amazon did, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, but at this point, like fifteen an hour is nothing. You try to make a living wage on that, like, or try to live off fifteen dollars an hour. Oh, it sucks. Yeah, you know, like uh, it's not we, it's not great, but it, you can do it. Fifteen an hour would have been great back in the nineties, like or the early two thousands. That would have been great, and to get us back to that nineteen fifties level of wealth that everyone has a fucking uh, two cars in the garage kind of thing. But like the 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 the, the biggest most common argument for it or against it would be that if you pay everybody that works at McDonald's fifteen bucks an hour, then all of a sudden the price of a Big Mac's gonna shoot up to twenty dollars a sandwich. They they can't do that because nobody's gonna pay that. Right. I always love when they say yeah. that, like, too. Like, they, they forget about the whole supply and demand thing. Like, yeah. You make something so expensive that the, the people aren't willing to pay it, then your demand doesn't mean anything. Right. Yeah. That yeah. specific True. example I always hate, though, because people always use, like, I've seen that from a lot of memes. They always use McDonald's as uh, an example. Yeah. Do you want to pay $20 for a burger? I'm like, 
is your are your employees getting ten dollars for each burger they sell? Is that how it's going to transfer? Because I, like your math is way off. You're right. saying if I pay someone fifteen dollars an hour, suddenly I have to charge five times as much for a burger. Right. That doesn't equal the, the math is let, not there. This is me, why you're a shitty business owner. Let, let me posit the question. So y'all know how expensive Five Guys is. Right. What are they paying their employees? Uh, I guarantee they're. It's, I mean, it's I probably it might be a little bit better than McDonald's, but but McDonald's I bet you it's real it. similar. Yeah. Right. And like that's this that's this like. So that burger is so much more expensive. It's like a twelve dollar burger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It. Yeah. Or like Lion's Choice for shredded roast beef, one of the cheapest meats out there. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Thirteen dollar burger. Yeah. Or sandwich. Yeah. I, I don't know about you guys. Uh, also, recently we've had because of COVID and unemployment, uh, a lot of people putting up signs being like, "We'll be closed uh, ten to six in the morning yeah. because we short, uh, staff shortages." No one wants to come work for us because we won't pay enough. Yeah. And what I can't understand is that, now, like... Now, the signs don't say that. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. signs don't, but, like, I know fast food joints that, like, if you were willing to pay someone enough to work overnight, a couple people, you would have a line all night. Right. How is that not worth it to you to pay three people 20 bucks an hour? You can't, like, you're going to sell more than 60 bucks an hour, or $60 worth of food in an hour. Right. I'm guessing you're going to sell enough that you can keep the light, you can afford the lights on and make a profit. There are ways there. My thought is just with that whole thing, with the the signs up in the windows, all of the all of the jobs that are part of the worker shortage and like whatever, like, oh, there's so many. uh, The the job openings are at the highest level that they've been in at least recent history. Yeah, but they're all what Republicans call starter jobs. And they're all they're all underpaid, undervalued um, jobs. You don't even not, if you don't need a college degree for it, it's right. not really a skill. And if yeah. you're asking for if you're asking an employee to give you thirty or forty hours of their week, they should be able to fucking not have to do that somewhere else too, like that plain and simple. So like I do agree with that sentiment that there should I don't know what I'm not going to debate right now or try to figure out what the universal basic income should be, but I do think. That when you live in an economy where capitalism has gone, where the where the, uh, the the criminals are running the fucking prison, like I don't think that that it's a bad idea to be like, no, force them well, to fucking pay people it's not more. Even, it's not. It's not even that it's not a bad idea. It's it's an idea we're gonna have forced to be reckoned with. We've already lost a ton what? of jobs to automation, what? and we're what about happened? to lose a lot more once cars go automated because truck driving is one of the biggest. Money makers for Americans. One yeah. of the things that employs the most people, and within the next fifty years, we're probably not going to have people doing it. Mm-hmm. You what, know, what happened to uh, good old trust busting and saying you can't have a monopoly? Because there's, we don't, there's so it, many people. Yeah, that, we don't it, that own monopolies. Yep. Like all of your top billionaires. Yeah, they own monopolies. We don't. Did that? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just my example because I am a person who is part of like I'm familiar with professional wrestling but like to me that was the first time that i remember because i remember in the 90s like stories of monopolies being told no like you feel like certain companies couldn't merge and like whatever i like when when vince mcmahon was allowed to to buy buy every fucking wrestling company i was like well this rule is dead like yeah and then disney owns fucking everything and my favorite thing my favorite thing about Disney is that uh, the character of Mickey Mouse should have been in the public domain probably about 20 years ago. But because of their m- massive amounts of money and the fact that they're able to lobby for it, they keep getting extensions specifically for them. Yeah, that's 
That's ridiculous. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. Just because, and they, they, the way they argue it is, oh my god, if you let Mickey be generic, no one will come to Disneyland. They'll just make their own, and all of our employees in your state won't have a job. Like, well, that's and, yeah, but, because Mickey Mouse is employing the whole fucking country. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, they own ESPN. Yeah. That's fine, but that but if you take Mickey Mouse away, that doesn't change ESPN. I also, but like, like I'm not tuning in to NHL this, has, um, this year for Mickey Mouse. So. That argument, oh, they that, dropped the puck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I will say though to your earlier argument that like, well, if you raise or if you compete with businesses and you force them to raise wages, then the 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 idea like, do you want to pay twenty bucks for a hamburger? I don't want to pay a dollar for your shitty hamburger, McDonald's, like. Everything that you're charging off of this is too much, and I already know that. So, you know, to Jim's point, if you're fucking, if it's twenty dollars, like, nah, I'm just not gonna come here at all because it. The yeah. only reason we eat here in the first place is because it's so damn cheap that yeah. like that no one eats McDonald's because they really like the food. You learn to love the food because you have to eat McDonald's, right? Because it's all you can afford. Because you can only like you got five bucks in your pocket. Yep. Um. All right. Convince me I'm wrong. Ted Cruz has preemptively scheduled trips to Cancun in December, January, February, and March of this coming winter. <laughs> you think he bought a generator? <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh, this ain't having it again, boy. He nope. absolutely bought a generator. Does it matter if the grid goes offline, though? Like, As long as his lights stay on, I don't think he would care. Yeah. Yeah, if he doesn't as need long it in as that his shitty month. children aren't complaining about being cold, <laughs> I don't know if it's fair to call his children <laughs> shitty. He called his own children shitty, blaming them for the reason he had to get yelled at. <laughs> that's fair. Like, that's his own words. I just think it's better if he already has the trip scheduled because then he has an alibi. Uh, and then if he doesn't need it, he can just wait. Cancel wasn't that it. that was his alibi last time? That wasn't was it. That, that we yeah, had the trip yeah, planned, but and we, then he had to change his mind. But we also had the text messages and that proved somebody, that this yeah. was a somebody. Spur that's the when he threw his kids it, under the bus. Wasn't it somebody working at the airline leaked the uh, the, the, the video? Yeah. <laughs> well, then yeah. someone took a picture of uh, him at the airport leaving, which is like, yeah, you're. You 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 make everyone like in the, the state know who you are by constantly yelling and screaming like an idiot. And now you're going to try to incognito get out of the state during an emergency? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're going to be an asshole, be rich enough to own a plane. I love, what I'm saying. I love that the guy who's like, masks are horrible, mandates are evil. is like, let me put on three real quick, see if I can look like. <laughs> I'm going to do a Dan Crenshaw thing over here. I'm going to put one on my fucking mouth. Nobody knows that this is Ted Cruz. The, the big glasses and giant nose and the mustache. <laughs> Dude, your Chevy fucking sponsored New Balances gave you away <laughs> as soon as you walked into the airport. Um, all right, Jim. <laughs> Convince me I'm wrong. Tucker Carlson checks the guest list to make sure Matt Gates isn't on it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably right. At this point, I think that that's probably a fair assessment. Um, man, Gates sold him out so hard. That yeah, ju- judging on the interview that we covered on the show, it, he definitely doesn't want anything to do with Matt Gates. No. He doesn't want to have to talk to him. He's like, look, we're going to – I know we t- we were going to go to this fundraiser, but what if we just go to Outback tonight? Because, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, do you think uh, – what's his name? Uh, Matt Gates getting married has something to do with the, clo- the pro closing in or – Optic, I, don't like, I, don't I think I, I'm, don't I thought it was just optics. I'm like, if everyone's going to keep saying I am a sex trafficker of young children, I better be married because unmarried people in the society are still judged for that. Yeah. So I think it's just I think purely he like it, it helps people vote for him when he takes his wife on stage to give a speech. I would not. Well, married. 
Married people get caught doing that crap too. Yeah, they do. But there's a stigma against like if you're a creep, especially if you're an unmarried creep. Like that. His wife's name is also Ginger Lucky, so uh, that sounds mm, kind of pole name. <laughs> that's a pole. Sounds kind of <laughs> escorty. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, if to I, when I first saw it, my first thought was optics. That might be because of my bias against Matt Gates, but like that was my first thought that this is a convenient thing while all your cash app uh, fucking right. th- th- transactions are also, being revealed in court. Why did Florida man, California hating Republican, fly to a California island to get married? Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. That's a weird part of that that I didn't even really consider. Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting for a man who like was really pro build the wall, stop the Mexican drug cartels to uh, have ecstasy and coke parties with people or with women. Yeah, pays. yeah. Seems a little hypocritical. You seem to love the stuff they bring in the country, Matt. <laughs> Has Tucker had Matt Gates back on since then? Have we checked that? Or is that the last time I, they oh, were like, it, fuck no. No, there's no way. He's not going to have him back on. <laughs> hey, you remember when I was at your barbecue and you did that totally illegal thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> yeah. Nah, there's there's no way. I I don't know that for fact. Like, that's not concrete. Um, I bet if he has had him on, they've had a discussion beforehand being like, Okay, Matt, what are you planning to say? I can't, I cannot imagine. I think, like, there was a real level of pissed off. Like, after the shock and awe, when he fucking threw him under the bus the second time, like... You I, actually saw Tucker kind of turn into a reporter? Yeah. You're like, oh, shit, I can do this. I gotta ask questions now. I'm gonna ask questions to fuck you over, man. <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how it's I... Kinda, uh, metaphorically, it was like, Tucker's like, Matt, how big is your dick? And Matt's like, well, you know, we had that three... Uh, no, 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 quit, <laughs> quit talking. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Ah, uh, ridiculous. Um, convince me I'm wrong. Uh, we cannot interpret the book of Revelation, and we shouldn't try. I think that that's fair. That's, that's, I was flipping through the Bible the other day. Not just, on an you know, individual level, anyway. Um, the book of Revelations is kind of long. Like, and if I'm not mistaken, the, the other books at the end of the Bible are very short. There's yeah. like a few pages, and then you get to the book of Revelations. Like the, I've always heard, like the end of the Bible doesn't have that much to say until you get to the Book of Revelations, and then it's pretty much just like interpretation heavy. Yeah, I I think that it's fair to say that we should not inter- try to interpret it. It's one thing to try to read it. Here's my thing: I think that there that you can't interpret it. Like if you've read it, which I have a few times, uh, it's so metaphorical and it's so symbolism heavy that really there's only one person that's going to get the interpretation right and that's john the apostle who is dead uh in the the vast majority of the bible even if the correct interpretation from the original writer were to be known it's all written in parables so it's it's kind of just how how each individual takes it yeah how how much of it do you think it gets this like um this stigma of like uh propheticness from the fact that it's the last book of the Bible. If it was the book two, and like they made a bunch of like revelations and you know uh, guesses, and then you read the rest of the Bible, would that would revelation still be as big, or would you assume that they were talking about stuff that had already happened? Here, I think it would because nobody reads the Bible. Nobody reads the Bible from front to back because it doesn't tell a story from front to back. Like it tells different people's stories from like within a chapter but well, like the the first five books 
as long as they are, read like a ledger. Like right. it's just well, and your descriptions and of lineages and you get to and, you know, and how Mark and John and Paul. You get to them when, especially when they're recounting uh, the crucifixion of Jesus, where they like those books are all recounting the exact same moment in time, but right. they're like they follow each other. They're different. Like the book, like you get to part of the Bible and they're like, okay, we're gonna go back in time to this. Yeah, yeah. It's it like jumped, a long Netflix series it, where they keep like <laughs> jumping around in time. It does jump around a lot. So no, I think that if you read Revelation. Uh, what? No matter where it falls in the Bible, it's still going to be a thing where uh, where Christians pick up on that and go, "This is the end times." And then because of that, we're like, it's going to still have the same level of importance to Christians as as it does now at the end of the Bible. Um, I don't think its placement necessarily matters. I just don't know that we should try to interpret it because it's so. There are so many things like. When you read it, like I've said this before, but one of the things that I noticed was like the four corners of the earth that were talked about a lot in Revelation. Like that to me implies that like the author, John the Apostle, viewed the the earth as like a map. As a with map four with four corners. like As it would have been like... Yeah, yeah, that's more specific than I've described it before. But like a flat earth, it's only like Israel, Rome, like whatever. Like it's only these places that he's been. That's the, the, the entirety the known of the world, world. Yeah, the known world at the time of writing the Bible was very small. Right. It's weird that there's never any uh, like revelations about Toronto. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh, actually move along real quick because I'm going to piggyback off the revelation idea. Convince me I'm wrong. Belief that we are living through the end times is a symptom of ego and arrogance. Um, let me kind of flesh that out before you before you push back or or agree with me. Um, I think that that believing that uh, we know the way that Revelation is quoted um, by like uh, by like super. I don't want to say the end fun. is nigh kind of people. The, right. Yeah, the people who are like almost welcoming the end times. So um, the the reason I think that though is because we like we know we're gonna die, and it's really hard for any of us, even though we can accept that that we're gonna die. It's hard for us to imagine the world going on without us. Yeah, I think that. Well, and that's kind of where I come from with that too. Where I think that you have to first of all, every generation believes that they're the last generation. Um, right. Or like people within it believe that they're the last generation. And I think that that's a symptom of uh, of arrogance. Um, and I think that believing, well, I think that that's actually a symptom of probably ego. Believing that you are experiencing the end times, um, I think, is a little bit egotistical because like you've decided that you've interpreted some whatever text. Uh, that that got you to... They, be, they can like, usually never explain when or why. Right. right. Um, I like to think it's that Pat Oswald thing that like we all just want to die in the apocalypse because that's the best death. Right. When you get to the pearly gates and people are like, how'd you die? Like, oh, you know, I got sick, Spanish <laughs> flu, how'd you die? Whatever, like, how'd you die? The fucking apocalypse! <laughs> yeah. It's all flames and swords. It was awesome. There were fucking horsemen yeah. at, like, on fire. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, but I do, I, I buy into that idea a little bit. Um, well, and then every, it, well, it, it, unless you regress from some like natural disaster or something, every generation is the most technically advanced, the most knowledgeable, right? Uh, the most philosophical. So I think it's natural to think that like we can't possibly get smarter or bigger than we are now. So it has to end soon. I think there's a level of arrogance to believing that you can, if we put the two together, the two last prompts, I think there's a bit of arrogance 
in believing that you can correctly interpret a book like Revelation. And then I think the ego comes into play when you apply it to your life and you say that like, well, these are the the signs of the apocalypse. And I know, like, I just think that there's a level of ego that makes you, like, because what I think you're doing is you're making your time and your presence here on Earth more important than all of the other shit that has happened that that could also relate to. Yeah. Um, and no, we'll say there I'm are sure times. A lot, I'm sure a lot, a lot of people thought the Black Plague was the, the end yeah. of time. Yeah, I'm sure well, a lot I'm of the... people in Pompeii thought that that was the end of fucking time. Well, well, I, can even, I can even see, like, even our, our parents thinking, like, the Bay of Pigs invasion or the uh, uh, the, nu- the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah. Yeah. We legitimately got to a few times where we weren't far from the right. end. Like, well, especially when, when the blockade was up and the Russian ships were approaching, everybody's yeah. ass was puckered for yeah. sure. And and it's not the the craziest thing to believe there. I understand why people believe we're, we might be in the end times because like we do now have the power to destroy the earth within a day. Right. You know, like and we haven't done it, but that doesn't mean we can't or won't. Right. So like like 200 years ago it was a lot harder to believe. Like you'd have to believe an asteroid or a flood. Right. Now it can just be like a, someone with dementia hits a code and we're all fucking dead. Don't like well, there's no bagus listening, but like they just they just all puckered up themselves. Oh, I didn't give them an idea. They've had that idea for years. <laughs> that, that's true. That's very true. Um yeah, I don't know. I I think that I think Revelation is a is a weird topic. I really enjoy the book of Revelation, but for well, totally we do, a we different... We do that in a whole episode? Like, sure. We just cut that like into chunks and talk about yeah, it. Sure. Yeah, sure. I would, like, I have actually had, like, I've listened to it on audio a couple of times, and, like, I would just take that audio and I we believe, could just do a whole episode on that. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I believe there is a version of the Bible that is narrated by Morgan Freeman. Oh, of course. And by God find, himself? Yeah. So I think if we find that, that would be the most interesting one to use. Yeah, that would That would be fun. All right, we will move along to Jim. Convince me I'm wrong. It's time for progressives to take over the Democratic Party. I'm going to go with a hard yes, um, because I think that, uh, well, A, because I wrote it, so, like, it's my idea. Um, but, I, but yeah, I'm going to say yes, because I think progressives have... Uh, uh, the biggest argument against progressives is that there's two there's two major arguments about of why progressives are bad. They spend a bu- they want to spend a bunch of fucking money and they hate mean people. Like because when when the, uh, terms like woke get applied, like you're using that term as a weapon to be like you're not racist enough. Like, okay, good. <laughs> then call me woke. Um yeah. I I like. I think it's time. You're I think pointing it, out that white people have flaws, right? Uh, I, no, I don't. While I agree with quite a bit of what they have to offer, I don't think it's good timing. And because you'll lose all the moderates. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a good time. I don't. Here, it, there has to be a, a gradual transition. Okay, I, I that's fair. That, when I when I wrote it down, that wasn't the idea in my head. When I wrote it down, the idea in my head was it's time for the moderates to start being progressives. So then, like the so in that you dip choke, your toes in the water. Yeah. Uh, so in that like way of thinking, it wouldn't there wouldn't have to be that battle. Um, it's just time for the Democratic Party to be progressive. Is probably how I should have. Okay. Uh, it, written that because i agree with you from like the optics standpoint that there are still too many moderates it does there has to be like a grad i don't know how gradual but there has to be a shift 
and that shift has to take place over a certain amount of time to be able to be successful at it. So from like a strategy and optics point of view, I agree that no, it's not the right time, but in my mind, like it is time for all of those moderates to just stop being moderate and be progressives. Like, because, because the GOP has turned so hard into fascism that like the only way to, uh, we use the, the steering the train back onto the tracks analogy a lot. Like the only way to counteract the, the extreme far right and the Jim Crow, laws and like is to have progressives in there being like no we're gonna write laws where everybody can fucking vote and it we're not gonna deny you over a bottle of fucking water like that you know so so this is this is more the argument of cutting ties and outnumbering instead of trying to pull people back what what do you mean that like so I, I would want it to be gradual so that way you don't lose your moderates, you don't lose your centrists, you don't lose people that are reasonable, like uh, centrist Republicans. I know there's not a whole heck of a lot of those. Yeah, I like, didn't not even in, know they not still in the mainstream, existed. But yeah, I, I, I feel like if you want this country to survive the next 10 to 15 years, it's got to be a little more gradual than just starting right away. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you in that in that respect from like a like because I think that plays into the optics too. Like in my mind, if you could flip a switch and just make everybody believe a certain way, then I would flip that switch. But without wouldn't that be easy? <laughs> yeah, without being able to do that, then yeah, I'll I'll agree with you that there there has to be a transition. Convince me I'm wrong. Politicians should not be allowed to run for office after their 65th birthday. 100%. Not going to get a counter argument from me. Nope, 100%. They, there's no reason. The, like, the, the oldest generation has no business telling the younger generations how they should live their lives. No, people like Biden don't and Trump and Cuz the world is not even close to the same as what it was when when no. they were young and trying to figure out life. Yeah, not at all. People like Biden and Trump don't have any business appointing fucking Supreme Court justices for 40 or 50 years. Like you, you just don't. Like you don't I appreciate your contributions to society. Now get the fuck out of the way and let the the main group of adults make their decisions for on, their generation on the, in the same pocket there should be term limits yeah politicians should not be a career job Mm-mm. no not at all because uh, you lose touch of what with what the general citizen has to actually do to survive right yeah yeah because it became well and at a certain point once you become somebody that's like really a career politician like a biden or a pelosi or a schumer or whatever the, it doesn't even matter what the the average citizen goes through, even if you try to pretend it does, because it's really just about cutting your deal to make yourself put yourself in a better position. And once you do that, you and, are, you're and, not helping and your people. Members, yeah, yeah. Um, you know that's one of the reasons that I get aggravated with people like Liz Cheney uh, coming out and arguing about or and and shitting on Biden for the withdrawal of Afghanistan or whatever. Um, 
your dad started it. Yeah, like (laughs) like every time she criticizes, my thought is like, oh, are you guys going to lose blood money if we pull out all the way? Uh, You're not the person that I want to have talked about this at all because you have benefited from this. So don't criticize somebody else for... Yeah, (sighs) they they more or less got the military-industrial complex ball a-rolling. Right. And they owned a company that benefited greatly from it. <laughs> that Halliburton? Yeah, which yeah. then turned into KBR. Yeah. We've, I, it, we've had so many fucking scandals that, like, and no one ever gets punished for them, stuff like that, when there's obviously conflict of interest, people doing things that enrich themselves for the, the detriment of our society and country. It, like, it's almost hard to keep up with now. I look back on Halliburton and Cheney and, like, oh, yeah, that was a, that was a more thing. innocent time. Yeah. Convince me I'm wrong. Insurance companies should mandate vaccines. I think it's in their best interest. I think if, if you want to talk capitalism and like what drives an insurance company to be successful, you want people to live right long enough for you to benefit off of milking all the dollars out of them that you can. <laughs> right. There's this argument. My one of my arguments for this is that like as a smoker, my my health care is higher than people that are not or non-smokers because yeah. I have a habit that uh, that is more likely to get me sick quicker than you. Um, so, so the same thing, the same logic applies to somebody who is not getting vaccinated. Like you have a habit that allows you to get sick. And because of the sickness we're talking about specific, if we go I mean, specifically if, to, to COVID, like I don't know if you're getting other up, people sick. I don't know if they could straight up even mandate it, but they, what they could do is just make them pay more. Yeah. Like, raise I premiums. I don't, I don't know how much it actually costs. For the vaccine, because you know it's free, right? But I, if if, if y- the I, I couldn't imagine you could figure out the price of a ventilator though. Oh well, yeah, it's well, a lot more, right? It's so, obviously a lot more, but like, what's a flu shot cost? Because it's probably about the same. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head, but either either way, um, I feel like I feel like that's a that's a decent that's a decent route to go. I also think that in the age of uh, of anti-vax bullshit that like a you're gonna if insurance I think insurance companies have like a super huge amount of power over the anti-vax crowd that others don't because the anti-vax crowd still has insurance and if the premiums are gonna go up every single insurance company in the U.S. would have to make that as a policy though because if one doesn't then they're all just going to flock to that one. Yeah, that's true. Although it wouldn't be that simple because there are enrollment times. So like it wouldn't be you can't just get new like you can't drop an insurance plan and then just go sign up for another one and be covered. Like you're going to have to there's a process you're going to have to yeah, wait you through. Yeah, you get cobra which is government mandated <laughs> which the government could just be like you can't have cobra unless you get vaccinated. Right. Um, but I do think I I also think that like once you do that, you're gonna get a lot of people that are hesitant that just don't want their bills to go up, and so they're going to push you closer to herd immunity. And then once you've achieved herd immunity, like okay, whatever. I'm not saying take the mandate away at that point. Well, but I don't like, even know what, if herd immunity would help. Uh, is it Israel that had the highest percentage vaccination vaccine rates or vaccination rates? Eighty percent. Um, they are having a huge problem right now. Yeah. So I don't even know that vaccination is 100%. You know, it would definitely help. Yeah. Having unvaccinated people is definitely hurting us. Right. 
Um, but I think when we get into the conversations about, you know, like the private sector mandating and like whatever, if we don't want a government mandate, then like insurance companies have a huge opportunity here to help us get closer to where we need to be by either mandating it or because I think you could mandate it for new people. Like, I think if you're like, if you're signing up for in the same way that they used to do pre-existing conditions, like if yeah. you're, if you're signing up for new insurance now they could be like okay well your insurance coverage starts in two months or three months or after 90 days or like whatever you have to have a vaccine by that date and if you don't your insurance coverage gets dropped and then for the people who are already on the insurance you just raise premiums if they're not going to give them a time like you've got 90 days to do this and then if you don't do it then your premium only we were in charge yeah (laughs) true story uh all right jim Convince me I'm wrong. Social media causes more harm than good. Uh, so, I think the short answer is yes, um, but I don't want to overlook the fact that social media has done a lot of good, um, because I think that we, as a as a society, focus on negative a lot, and so it's really easy to see that the negative that social media. Uh, uh, perpetuates and fuels um, but I also do think I don't know what the ratio good to bad is it feels like it's more bad like it feels like more harm is done by social media than good but I think that like revolutions and shit have started also because of uh, of social media you also media. gotta look like, at how those companies run this as a business like they sell you to advertisers right like you're the product because yeah. using social media is free so right. then they gotta keep you on the screen as much as possible so that way you scroll through as many ads as possible and possibly buy things off of facebook yeah true um they also have like through your device they have access to your google searches like if you search like a product to buy next time you get on Facebook, I guarantee you that there's an ad for that. It does make it kind of ironic then that the people that are screaming about uh, vaccine cards being like a constitutional invasion of privacy or like whatever, however they're they're spinning that, are shouting about it on Facebook and Twitter. Like, you are already, you have no privacy because we're all a part of this, yeah. of this thing that that doesn't allow us to have fucking privacy. It, it, like people are serving social media bans for misinformation. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know where I think the ratio I, is. I think it's, it's, it's gotta be at it. Like at a base level, it's gotta be somewhere near 50, 50, but then there's the aspect that I brought up and that's the big psychological thing, how they're messing with people's right. minds. Like, it messes with our psyche, and especially kids, like, developing preteens and teenagers. Like, their way of navigating the social world is completely different. Like, their in-person interactions are, like, more or less ruined by how much judgment is on these social media platforms. Like, kids are real... Like susceptible to bullying because they're they're self highly self conscious. Right. It's really easy to ruin somebody's uh, self esteem just through a few words online. Yeah, and in some cases, ruin somebody's life 
because like we've seen yeah. stories of that as well. There's there's a whole we we could spend the rest of this episode talking about this, but you know there's documentaries on Netflix. Watch them. Uh, they talk about suicide rates going up and everything and kids. And this uh, yeah. I, I I don't I don't personally think that it's a good thing yeah. for younger minds. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's a, even a good thing for older minds. Because I do think that part of the reason that we find ourselves in such a tribalist, like a tribalistic society now, I don't feel like it, like it's always been there. You get your echo chambers online. Yeah, I think it's exacerbated quite a bit because, because Q Q wouldn't exist without social media. Not at all. Because crazy people who used to like talk to that to their one crazy friend in a basement now have a place to go group think. They're they're the people that everybody else would shy away from at the bar. But then now you get. You know, say there's 10 per community in the United States just as a spitball number. Those 10 usually get shut, and it's only 10 of them online, 10 per every community. Yeah. It's exponential growth. Yeah, and then <laughs> they all show up at the Capitol. Yeah, we would. We definitely wouldn't have had January 6th without social media. Yeah. All right, we'll do a couple more here, and then we'll get into our little uh, our rapid our spitfire round. Um. Convince me I'm wrong. Vaccines are not a religious issue. Okay, so, yeah, I would agree with that. There's only one religion that I know of that it is a religious issue, and it's the Jehovah's Witnesses, because you can't, like, do anything that involves your bloodstream. Yeah. Um, So I would say that that it can be, probably, is right, because, like, uh, there's uh, what's the other? That's the only exception that I know of. There, are probably a few more. There are a few more because I I can't remember which version of Christianity I used to. Uh, I was a contractor, um, an informer job, and one of the places that I that I did work for. Um, I can't remember what the damn name of the the type the sect of Christianity was. They just like they didn't believe in like aspirin or doctors or like any medical intervention. Um, so I, I, I would think uh, Amish folk are like that too. Like you can't have anything modern. If so, I would say that there are proven. Uh, so I, that gets into the tricky situation. the The idea behind me writing that down as a prompt was that there are there's like this movement on it within oh, yeah. the far right to the vast majority of people are full of crap yeah there's there's this movement within the far right that's like well if i just say it's a religious exemption and my thought is like i don't know that that holds up though like i don't know full it, of crap yeah um i don't i but you can't if it didn't work for people who wanted to get out of war it shouldn't work for you like it was really hard to uh claim conscientious objector and get out of serving yeah and it should be the same thing where like that should be a pretty hard hoop to jump through otherwise everyone can just be like oh i don't believe in it for religious reasons right yeah although we do live in a society where hobby lobby apparently can not believe in something as a company and and then deny all of its workers based on that like this is a little off topic but did you guys see that hobby lobby had a gilgamesh tablet yeah, they've gotten caught stealing or bringing in a lot of artifacts from other countries. Like the something that something thieves. that belongs in in some place like the Louvre or the Smithsonian. They had, they, yeah. they had a, a, one of the tablets of Gilgamesh that nobody knew about, or like they didn't like were there was, it was a, missing. A huge scandal like ten years ago where they got caught uh, using like their company essentially to 
bring in like to smuggle artifacts out of countries and stuff. They're horrible people, and you should never ever shop at Hobby Lobby. Con- what do they do? Convince it? me I'm wrong. Hobby Lobby is the Third Reich in hiding. <laughs> <laughs> they're teaming up with fucking Chick Fil A, and they're gonna take us all down. They're, they're, oh, steal- they're stealing all the artifacts. <laughs> That's step, be, step one, get that, all the world art. <laughs> that's going to be, like, the most polite takeover ever. Like, they'll just be <laughs> slaying people and throwing them in cages. Like, my pleasure. But all the cages are, like, crocheted because it's Hobby Lobby. <laughs> yeah. What do they do with a tablet of Gilgamesh? Do they hang it on the wall? Or is it in, like, a fucking I don't, secret Nazi Hobby Lobby vault? I'm guessing they keep it in their New Zealand bunker for when the world ends, that they'll be able to restart society right Hobby Lobby Christian has way. a New Zealand bunker? I'm guessing this. People are rich. <laughs> <laughs> Every rich person does. Because I, I had that question too it's like oh please tell me that's real it's probably like richard branson they got their own island Uh, oh like we aren't gonna swim there and tear them apart when (laughs) the shit get like um i have two that i want to pick from but all right let's go with this one convince me i'm wrong calling antifa fascist is just stupid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's in the name. Anti-fascist. Yeah. Now, the reason that they would make this argument, the, 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 the right wing would make the argument that they're fascist is because they try to misappropriate the Antifa uh, term and label and say that, like, uh, that wokeness is is part of Antifa. Like, trying to silence people, like, uh, when... A good example is the one that we all remember from a couple of years ago when Milo Yiannopoulos and Ben Shapiro and Ann Coulter, in separate incidences, got stopped from uh, giving lectures or whatever at Berkeley uh, University in California. Um We've talked before, the three of us. uh, So uh, the uh, only instance that is one that you just named off of was Shapiro, because especially Shapiro at the time, he was just he he was a pretty moderate uh, pundit and like beating people up that were going to a Shapiro like speech that that's. I don't think that very misguided. Yeah, I don't think that people should that crowds like, and, of people and, should be fighting each other. Antifa is also not really an organization; it's a movement. Right, it's an idea, like an ideology almost. Yeah. Um, so, like the the people that were at the Ben Shapiro speech that shut that down with violence, that was stupid, and you can probably make an argument calling that fascist, but. The Miley-Nopolis thing, he's absolutely a fascist. Like, what? <laughs> they're just, they're stopping a fascist. I don't know, though, because, like, Ben Shapiro has written books about how, like, the the hero of the story is the weak white kid who gets beat up by the black jock and whatever. Like, that is before a few years ago when he got shut down. I would argue that there is there is something to be said that Shapiro, even when he came off more moderate a few years ago than after jumping onto Trump still had those like he was still attractive to like the the white supremacy group of people which is weird because he's Jewish and you would think that that but they're not smart either uh so I just but like I think that there's always been that like he's always had a, a, a an influence in the national the nationalist circles and so, like, if you're a guy who says things and write th- writes things that makes you attractive to the nationalist circles, then there has to be some inherent, like, racism or 
fascist. I don't know if you go as far as calling it fascism, but I can understand why people would shut that down, and and I am okay with people shutting that down. Like I don't think that people like Richard Spencer or Milo Yiannopoulos or Gavin McGinnis have a platform in society. All um, three of those. Are absolutely fascist and should be yeah. shut down by anti-fascists. We can we can like debate another time the the merits of the Shapiro incident, but I just think that like there is a like, but that's the argument from the right is that like shutting voices down, shutting uh, a voice down that you don't agree with is inherently fascist itself because you are stopping the freedom of thought. And I think that some some thoughts don't get, deserve to have a public they square. They also kind of get confused with anti-fascist, like the anti-fascist movement, and they like kind of wrap what happened at Evergreen State College into that, which was not even remotely like tied to anti-fascist. Rem- remind me of what that is. So Evergreen State, it was just like this, the students kind of, the there was a day in particular that it 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 dealt with a historical date for slavery that people of color had the option of not going to class and oh, wouldn't yeah, be punished right, for it right so the student body then got together and and made a day where white kids could not go to class at all like we're not allowed and right, then I do remember that, that just kind of snowballed from there yeah and there's a lot of different accounts of what actually happened. Right. And, and like, none of that was anti-fascist. Like, that wasn't an, the Antifa movement at all. No. But, it get, like, right-wingers rope that into that. Right. Well, they they rope a lot of their boogeymen all into, like, specific instances. Well, that falls under Marxism. Yeah. It, where it's <laughs> like, they, but you're making a correlation that doesn't exist. Like, just because yeah. some liberal person acted like a douche somewhere. What was the did, initial, uh, convince me I'm wrong, what was the prompt again? <laughs> call, calling Antifa fascist is stupid. Okay, um, yeah. Because, yep. because Roundabout way to get to that point, but yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> they do that. Like, How many times have you seen in a comment section those the, the fascist Antifa? I'm like, you don't understand this fucking term. Like, yeah. it's in the name. Like, it's in there. Anti is in there. Like, uh, I don't know. Um all right, I'm going to take one more uh, because it relates to the Antifa thing, um, and then we will go around and do our, our rapid-fire thing. You'll have to find it on one of yours. Um, Convince I, me I'm wrong. Antifa shouldn't be necessary, but it is. There you go. Uh, yeah, we agree on that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that it... Because I think the vast majority of sound-minded individuals will say that... Uh, fascism shouldn't be a thing yeah yeah if there is and you get all people that get sold on the ideas like old donald trump right and then fascism ekes its way back into society you know it's kind of the argument that trump the trumpian example is the best one of like the good people on both sides if uh unite the right doesn't show up shouting jews will not replace us in charlottesville there's no need for antifa there's no yeah. fights there is nobody that's driving through a crowd of fucking cars like it, it takes fascists to create anti-fascists it would be great and i would bet you that most anti-fascists would be like we would prefer to not exist because yeah. we don't need to 
Um, I don't want to have to do vigilante justice and possibly go to jail right. because of this. <laughs> I also think that, like, you know, because people talk, I remember a few years ago, uh, like Richard Spencer or whatever, who was part of the Unite the Right thing, getting punched in the face at uh, at an event or whatever. Like, the right, like, that, well, the fascist Antifa beating people up. Nazis are okay to punch in the face. Like, <laughs> we we determined that as a world community when we still are putting we fucking 90-year-old Nazis in jail. We fought a world war over it. Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't, like, like, violence is not okay. And if somebody punches somebody in the face, there should be consequences for that person, too. But I'm not going to say that the idea behind it, the, the, the drive to punch Richard Spencer in the face is a, is a wrong thing to do. Like, that dude's a white nationalist. Fuck him. Punch him in the face. And know that you're, and I'm sure that you know if you're the, the person that's swinging on Richard Spencer, you know you're getting arrested. I mean, I'm, I'm go, go fine. At, I'm cool with that. Go I'm not going to fight that. Go ask any World War II vet if they're okay if there's kids walking around with swastikas tattooed on their chest. Right. Not just, Yeah, it's not I okay. I mean, they, they shot people in the face over that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. All right, let's do uh, – we'll go around and we'll do three each, and then this will be the uh, the end the the last the final uh, rapid fire round and we will offer up one sentence response uh, each I guess e- each of the other two people can offer a, a, a we'll see how it goes we can either all three uh, offer a response or or whatever so Jim we'll start with you convince me I'm wrong Eric Trump tweets for the affection he's never gotten um. Uh... Sad but true. Stephen Miller, <laughs> yeah, gets more gets more love and attention from Donald Trump than Eric does. I'm fine with that statement. One hundred percent middle child syndrome. Poor, poor guy. <laughs> Kristen Stewart gets more love and attention from Trump. Than his son does. <laughs> true, true. All right, J- uh, Frank. Uh, the people who eat livestock dewormer like to call people sheep. One hundred percent. Yeah, just just die off already. <laughs> like, please, I don't know. The the people calling how do people you, sheep. You drunk bleach. Eat. You take livestock. De- how are you still alive? <laughs> you shouldn't be. The the people that call people sheep are eating what you give sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, ridiculous. Using religion to tell people not to fear end times comes from an un, comes from an uncertainty or fear of the present time. Yeah, this ties back into what we were saying earlier and is completely true. That was one sentence. <laughs> I realized starting that that I was breaking the rule. But. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't have a philosophy, so here's this. It, it's it's a lazy way out. Yeah, in my mind, it's uh, when I wrote it. It's like that you've seen lots of far right wing people uh this is a run on sentence by the way um <laughs> it's a bunch of semicolons yeah you've seen uh far right people that will use the uh I'm ready for Jesus to come back and I'm not worried they'll use it a lot for the pandemic like I'm not going to take a vaccine because like Jesus is going to fight my battles for me and shit and I'm like but to me that just yells like you're afraid of the vaccine, so you're copping out by being like, Jesus has got this. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, convince me I'm wrong. Boomers killed capitalism. <laughs> I don't know if they killed it, but they certainly turned it into a monster. I would say that they deregulated it to death. Or Agreed. Or regulated it into their own coffers. Yeah, I, I agreed. Uh, convince me I'm wrong. Capitalism and socialism can coexist. Yeah, 100%. The argument is that uh, socialism, in an American sense, kills capitalism. But they, they don't have to. You just If you regulate capitalism again in to have socialistic qualities that we already have, then, like, yeah, they can both exist within the same system. You can have socialist programs under a capitalist framework, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. Socialism already exists in our society. That was going to be my point. It's like, just, just say the sentence with two words. Capitalism and socialism can coexist and do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'll agree with that. For example, in the military, you have TRICARE, which covers all of your health care needs, with the exception of small copays. So it almost double exists with inside <laughs> of itself. Right. Convince me I'm wrong. MAGAs are never coming back to Earth and will be an ongoing threat for this generation. Yeah, from personal experience, yeah. I don't really have anything else other than that. I think that's true, but I'm worried they'll morph into something worse. I think they already are. <laughs> not only will they not come back down to Earth, they will like start heading to Mars. <laughs> and trying to take us with them. Yeah. I would say oh, so. Man. Let's please not colonize Maros with those people first. <laughs> Why not? Let's just I, send I, them let's wreck, guys. wreck the planet before we even I get there. I think that actually might be our end game because we get up there and they're like, you can't mandate that I wear a helmet <laughs> in like, space. Look, you guys can't build rockets. We're leaving. <laughs> you can't convince me that this is not a breathable atmosphere. Right. <laughs> and then they're all dead. Convince me I'm wrong. Sean Hannity is a liberal giving the greatest method acting performance in history. <laughs> that would be an awesome comedic end to his career if he just comes out and shits on everything that he's ever said. He would truly be the like Andy Kaufman of our time. That idea comes to together better if weed is involved, but like I would like to be able to prove it one way or another. The vape pin that he got caught <laughs> off on cam after commercial break looked a little suspiciously like a weed pin. Yeah. Convince me I'm wrong. Marjorie Taylor Greene would have won even if she had an opponent because Georgia is just that stupid. 100% yes. There's no way her district was even close to Democratic. No. She might as well have been running on the post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Convince me I'm wrong. The people complaining about masks and vaccine mandates are responsible for masks and vaccine mandates. Yeah, I, I, I can't convince you. Mm, I don't know if they're responsible for it, but they're definitely responsible for it getting worse and more ne necessary. I would say that 18 months in, they're pretty responsible for it. Cause, yeah, cause not, it, just not the, they're not the cause of the start of it, but they're the cause of the length of it. Yeah, right? yeah, because if, if, if we had all like wore, worn masks from the beginning, and then if we had all gone out and got the vaccine when it was available, we'd, we'd have a president that had a natural line. Yeah, we would be Th past this. This goes globally a little bit. Because the Delta variant didn't originate here, but it sure as heck took foot really quick here. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, my last one, convince me I'm wrong. Marjorie Taylor Greene thinks drinking black coffee makes her not racist. <laughs> um, I would imagine that Marjorie Taylor Greene believes that thing. I that I would I wonder what else she believes. Like there are so many things that I'm sure that she believes she, like that. She believes that it's okay to call the sitting president a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I can't we argue like as a member of Congress. Show. So we'll be back. I, think I wonder like, that's if what when she yeah, like what I goes back home and like still has her construction company or whatever, if that's how she proves to her like black contractors that she's not racist. It's like she specifically goes and buys black coffee. I, I, you see that over there? I have Folgers extra black I think, coffee. I think she would just use them. She's like, I can't be racist. I hired you. <laughs> yeah. I have a black, well, not friend, but worker. You yeah, know? that's that's not how this works, Marjorie. All right, so that is going to be uh, how convince me I'm wrong goes this uh, week. Uh, I actually I have I actually enjoyed this very much, and we got through way more of those prompts than I had expected to when I wrote them out. So I'm glad I fucking wrote so many. Solid um, mixture of uh, both seriousness and comedy. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed making that list. Um, so I'm sure that we will play that again. That is one of the things that you can expect if you uh, are if you're a, a patron on the Patreon account. Um, and so yeah, definitely work your way over there for another episode of that when it when it shows up. Uh, that'll that'll bring us all of that will bring us to the end of another episode. We will be back, but before we go, Jim, can you please tell the people how they can find us? Yes, again, we have a Facebook page, and we can be found on Twitter at RealUnAmerican, and also our personal accounts at UnAmericanB, at FeveredHeart, and at AmericanActualJ. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. And Franklin, can you please... Uh, tell the listeners how they can support the show. Uh, you can support us by following us, liking, subscribing, sharing, and reviewing us on any of your podcast catchers. Uh, episodes are available weekly, um, a little less weekly on the Patreon. Yes, on the Patreon, a little bit a less little weekly. A little more monthly. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, bonus content is always available over at patreon.com forward slash unamerican, so go check that out. And, as always, we appreciate any and all support. Yes, we do very much. Thank you, fellows, and thank you to our listeners. We will return next week. Um, but before we go, our dishonorable mentions this week are Daniel Muser of Pennsylvania, Mary Miller of Illinois, Carol Miller of West Virginia, Alex Mooney of West Virginia, Barry Moore of Alabama, uh, Marquand Mullen of Oklahoma, Gregory Murphy of North Carolina, Troy Nels of Texas, and Ralph Norman of South Carolina. And of course, your duty as our listener um, is to, if you live in their states, uh, find your way to the uh, polls and on election day and put these guys out of business um, because they are they are no good. I, I should remind too because I never remind people what this list is. I read it in, like, the first episode, but this is a list of the House representatives so far. Um, we haven't gotten to the senators yet, but that opposed the, the election results in 2020. So they are definitely pieces of shit. They are fascist, and you should put them in a future unemployment line. Thanks. Un-American is a Feverheart production. It is hosted by Brandon Condick, Franklin Everhart, and Jim Hillman. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. Contact us at unamericanpod at yahoo.com. And be sure to support us on Patreon for exclusive bonus content.